Psoriatic arthropathy. Psoriatic arthropathy is a chronic inflammatory arthropathy that occurs in 5-10% to of people with psoriasis. Psoriasis precedes psoriatic arthropathy by 8-10 to 10 years in two-thirds of cases and it occurs simultaneously or precedes psoriasis in 30%. 40% of patients have a positive family history. Most often it affects 35-50 to 50 year old male and females. The skin and the joints can flare either simultaneously or separately. Joint disease is most often peripheral. 95% of the time it leads to synovitis, tenosynovitis or enthesitis. Patients can get a mixture of peripheral and axial disease or axial disease only. The key extraarticular features of psoriatic arthropathy are nail involvement and ocular involvement. 80% of patients have nail involvement, such as pitting, ridging, onycholysis, and hyperkeratosis. Ocular involvement includes conjunctivitis and iritis. The CASPAR criteria are used for diagnosis with three or more points fulfilling criteria. The five criteria are as follows. One, a current, past, or family history of psoriasis. 2. Psoriatic nail dystrophy 3. Negative rheumatoid factor 4. Dactylitis, current or previous and 5. X-ray changes of juxtaarticular new bone formation There are multiple subtypes as defined by Mollen Wright in 1973. The most common subtype is rheumatoid arthritis like psoriatic arthritis which occurs in 50-60% to 60 of cases and involves the wrist. The second most common is symmetrical oligoarthritis, which occurs in 15-20% to 20 of cases and affects the DIPJs and PIPJs, MCPJs and MTPJs, knee and hip joints and is associated with dactylitis. 2-5% of people have a predominantly DIPJ form of disease associated with nail changes. 5% have arthritis mutilans, subtype associated with telescoping. And 2-5% have axial only, which is associated with asymmetrical sacroiliitis. Think psoriatic arthropathy rather than rheumatoid arthritis if the patient has asymmetrical joint disease is rheumatoid factor negative, has psoriatic nail changes, DIPJ involvement and not osteoarthritis, dactylitis, enthesitis, or a family history of psoriasis or psoriatic arthropathy. In station 5, you may be asked to assess a patient with joint pains, a rash, or back pains. Spend about 3 minutes taking a focused history. Ask about timing. Was the onset sudden or gradual? When did the symptoms start? Are they intermittent or constant? What is the progression of the symptoms? Has the patient had this before? Ask about the pattern of joint involvement. Which joints? Are they large or small? Unilateral or bilateral? Any back or neck pain? Define the order in which they became affected. 
Does the patient experience joint pain, swelling or stiffness in the morning? And how long does this last? Have they noticed any redness, deformity or nodules? Do the symptoms have an effect on function? Ask about extra-articular features of psoriatic arthropathy, such as nail changes and psoriasis, red or painful eyes, plantar fasciitis, or Achilles tendonitis. Screen for dactylitis by asking if the patient has ever had a swollen finger or toe. If this flags up back pain, ask specific questions about spondylitis. When is the back pain worst? Is it in the morning? Does exercise help? Are you stiff in the morning and for how long? Do you wake in the night? Any pain in the neck or buttocks? It's worth asking about extra-articular features of rheumatoid arthritis to help differentiate. Ask about systemic upsets such as fever, night sweats, weight loss, fatigue or lymph nodes. Do they have ray nodes? Are there any skin, nail or hair changes such as rashes, photosensitivity, hair loss or ulcers? Ask about eye symptoms including any dry, red or painful eyes or any change in vision. Do a quick cardiovascular, respiratory, gastrointestinal and neuro systems review. Ask about past medical history and a family history of joint disease, psoriasis, inflammatory bowel disease or other autoimmune conditions. Remember drugs and social history too, including the impact of symptoms and ideas, concerns and expectations. Move on to your examination, which should take about three minutes. Begin with the hands. Assess the dorsum of the hands for swelling of the MCP, PIP, wrist, redness and guttering of the interossi. Look for deformities such as subluxation and ulnar deviation at the MCPJs, subluxation of the wrist, swan neck, botonniers or Z-thumb deformities in rheumatoid arthritis or RA-type psoriatic arthritis. Assess the nails looking for signs of psoriasis, infarcts or vasculitis. Look for thin and bruised skin suggesting steroid use. Look for surgical scars of carpal tunnel release, wrist arthrodesis or tendon transfer. Look for psoriatic rash and for dactylitis associated with some forms of psoriatic arthritis. Next, assess the palm of the hand. Look for palmar erythema, muscle wasting and scars. Then assess the elbows to look for nodules, psoriatic plaques, gouty tophi, scars and bursitis. Next, palpate the MCPJs, PIPJs and wrists for tendonitis, swelling, tenderness and temperature. Feel the pulse. Perform carpal tunnel tests if indicated, including assessment for sensation, power, tinnels and phalen's test. Feel over the elbows for tenderness, swelling and temperature. Following looking and feeling, ask the patient to perform some movements. 
Ask them to straighten their fingers fully, do a prayer sign, make a fist and hide their nails, grip and squeeze your fingers, and make a pincer grip. Assess function by asking the patient to do up a button, write, or pick up a coin. Ask the patient to put both hands behind their head. Assess elbow and shoulder joint function as well, if time allows, and the joints of the lower limbs. Look behind the ears and in the hairline and scalp for psoriasis. Inspect the back from the front side and behind. Check for a stooped question mark posture, which is due to the loss of lumbar lordosis and fixed kyphosis. This leads to hyperextension of the cervical spine in order to maintain a horizontal gaze. Palpate the spinous processes, paraspinal muscles and the sacroiliac joints. Assess the range of movement of the neck and back. Offer to perform Schober's test to assess the amount of lumbar flexion. Offer to assess cervical or thoracic kyphosis by measuring the occiput wall distance. Assess for extraarticular signs in the eyes, such as redness or conjunctival pallor. Assess chest expansion, check for a pacemaker, and feel the apex beat. Listen for a murmur of aortic regurgitation. Listen for apical crepitations suggesting fibrosis, which is usually related to ankylosing spondylitis. Basal lung fibrosis may be present if the patient is taking methotrexate. Look at the abdomen for psoriasis around the umbilicus. Look at the feet for tendonitis or dactylitis. Finally, if the patient has back pain, perform a neurological assessment of power, sensations and planters. Your explanation should take a couple of minutes. An example of how you can present your findings to the examiner is as follows. This lady has a peripheral asymmetrical deforming polyarthropathy. There is active synovitis. The presence of psoriatic plaques and nail changes, dactylitis and enthesitis suggests psoriatic arthropathy. Hand function was preserved. Your differential diagnosis would include rheumatoid arthritis, other seronegative spondylarthritides such as ankylosing spondylitis, IBD arthritis or reactive arthritis, osteoarthritis and the crystal arthritides, gout and pseudogout. The examiner may ask you about specific investigations. Bedside tests, including urine dipstick to look for proteinuria of amyloidosis, and a pregnancy test in women of childbearing age may be required if the patient is on immunosuppressants. Blood tests would include rheumatoid factor, anti-CCP and ANA, which are usually negative in psoriatic arthritis. Inflammatory markers such as ESR and CRP may be normal or increased. Full blood count may show anemia or a raised white cell count. Renal function is essential if treatments such as NSAIDs will be prescribed. Baseline liver function tests are needed before immunosuppressive medications are started. A positive HLA B27 test may suggest seronegative arthropathies, which may be helpful if the patient has sacroiliitis. Imaging such as plain film may show asymmetrical changes, possible DIPJ involvement, 
Erosion of terminal tufts, pencil in cup deformity, sacroiliitis, or juxtaarticular new bone formation. X ray is less likely to show periarticular osteopenia. Special tests would include joint aspiration, which may show a raised white cell count but a negative culture, and would be negative for crystals. Management can be structured into non-pharmacological advice, medical and surgical. Lifestyle advice would include weight loss, exercise and smoking cessation advice. You can offer physiotherapy and occupational therapy. NSAIDs are the mainstay of early pharmacological treatment. Steroid injections can be given into joints, ligaments or tendons. Be careful with prescribing oral steroids as you risk a flare-up of skin symptoms. Consider treatment with disease-modifying anti-rheumatic drugs if NSAIDs fail, or if the patient has involvement of three or more joints, or if their PASI score is more than 10. Examples you could consider include methotrexate, sulfasalazine, and lefunamide. Further to these medications, anti-TNF agents are used including ustekinumab, which is an IL-23 and IL-12 inhibitor, or aprimalast, which is a PDE-4 inhibitor. Finally, joint replacement could be performed as a surgical treatment. You would recommend a dermatology opinion on skin disease. The content of this podcast was adapted from Dr. Sarah Kennedy's notes, which can be found on the Medical Education Leeds website. For further information about psoriasis and eczema, and for full references, please go to www.medicaleducationleads.com forward slash paces.